Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That is what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. Be it joy and laughter, sorrow and tears, awe and insight, or deepest devotion, as we visit and listen, we are all part of a spiritual voyage called Song of the Soul. Daryl Purpose says he's never had a real job, earning his living either from blackjack or gambling or making music, but he's worth every cent of it and more. Determined to live outside the box, Daryl's music regales you with beauty, inspiration, and free-flowing spirituality. His quirky contrarianism led him from a life of gambling into music via the Great Peace March for Nuclear Disarmament, and from there into a deep connection to the earth perched high up in the Rocky Mountains, though he moved to the Pacific Coast this past year. There are three excerpts from this visit with Daryl that can't fit into this 55-minute broadcast, so find them and the full uncut interview at northernspiritradio.org. Thanks to Andrew Jansen for production assistance on today's show. We go now to Portland, Oregon for a visit with Daryl Purpose. Daryl, thanks so much for joining me for Song of the Soul. Hey, good to be here, Mark. Thanks for having me. And thank you for your patience as I was getting my errands done. I'm doing maple syruping this year for the second time in my life. There are some apparatus that I was having constructive. They were supposed to get it to me yesterday. I'm delayed today. And so your willingness to accept my delay is making my life sweeter. That is awesome. I mean, nothing wrong with maple syrup. That's for sure. (laughs) Today here in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, it's raining. What's it like in Portland? You know, I was going to say it's gray, and then I looked out the window, and I see the sun shining on the deck, so we got a little sunshine today. It's nice. And the fact that you were willing to say that it was likely gray out means you live in Portland, right? That's correct. How long have you been there? I've been here since August. Before that, where were you located? Is that Colorado back then? Colorado, and it's funny because you say you've been doing the show for 16 and a half years, and that's a number I've said a lot recently because I lived in Colorado in my amazing house in Nederland for 16 and a half years. That ended last year. And I heard the comment that moving to Colorado was not one of the obvious career moves for you as a musician traveling. Netherlands, I guess, is maybe not the hot spot. Well, it's just that 75% of the U.S. population lives between Washington, D.C. and New York City. So if you live there, you have a lot of options for different folk shows and different venues and such. Colorado is pretty far away from everything. So, but I had walked through there. I walked through there on the Great Peace Month for global nuclear disarmament. That's the first time I saw Colorado in 1986. And I knew that someday I would end up there. And that means you had to hike up over mountains, doesn't it, on the Peace March? Well, we were on frontage roads, usually alongside highways, mostly. Right. But it's still over the mountains, right? Oh, we had to go high. That's for sure. <laughs> But, you know, I I lived at 8,400 feet for 16 and a half years. So I'm pretty comfortable with the oxygen thing, low oxygen of the mountains. I like it. 
I'm a lot shorter. I'm only five foot eight, so I'm not used <laughs> to the altitude stuff you've got. Your music is impressive. I didn't know your music very much before we made this arrangement for your song of the soul, but I'm so glad that I'm here now. I mean, with your music, my standard thing I say to the people I'm interviewing is whatever music you pick out, I'm going to listen to it at least six times. And I'm over 10 times each for your songs. And I just don't want to stop. It's on and on. You have wonderful music. The interesting thing, I heard tell that you didn't think you used to be a good singer. Yeah, I had a hard time in the beginning. I wasn't a singer at all. Like a lot of my life, I acted as if. And eventually, I still don't quite think of myself as a singer. You know, I'm a singer now the way Jackson Brown is a singer. He's not technically, uh, you know, he doesn't have a big range and neither do I, but people like us can deliver a song or can deliver an idea. And that's what I try to do with my voice. I don't think of myself as a singer. I really don't. Well, you are one hell of a songwriter, too. Uh, Your songs have all touched me. And that's so singing. Yes. The lyrics, the music that you produce through your fingertips, all of that. As far as I'm concerned, you're the total folk package. As a jazz singer, you might not make it, though. <laughs> you think? <laughs> I don't have any idea. Try, give me a jazz tune. You can do it right now. You know, I have one jazz tune. It's on the Next Time Around album. Uh, it was written with Paul Zolo, and it's called, well, we sometimes call it Red Garland, but we sometimes call it The Nearness of You, I think is what's on the album. It's a song about Red Garland, uh, a jazz piano player. It's my one jazz song. I was in a high school jazz band, and I knew one chord progression that you could call jazz. <laughs> so I, I, and I, I'd always wanted to make a song. And so, you know, here was this lyric about a jazz piano player. Yeah, we put that together. I'm proud of that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool. I think we should get started right away with your music give people a taste of the music of Daryl Purpose. But first I have to say, why are there two R's in your name? It just seems so wrong to me. One of my best friends from middle school on, you know, I was his best man at his wedding and such. Daryl Kempf was his name. There is one R. Why do you get two? You know, that's my mom, you know, gets credit for a lot of things, including that. <laughs> and and the name Purpose, I don't, I've never heard it as a surname before. What's the history, uh, ethnicity, something? What is it? My stepfather, who adopted me, his name was Purpose, but he spelled it slightly differently. And we were never close. So when I went on the peace march, I changed the spelling. I was working on the theory that there was some kind of deep spiritual motivation that led to Purpose. That's a good statement, right? To some extent, I was about to go on the great peace march for global nuclear disarmament, walk from Los Angeles to Washington, D.C., and my name was P-U-R-P-U-S. And I just thought, no, no more. It's not that anymore. It's P-U-R-P-O-S-E, and that's what it's been ever since then. I ask that in part because my last name helps meet is the name that my wife and I took when we got married. We said, who are we together and so right. we, we searched for a name. I love that. And you found your purpose, right? Yes. Well, let's do get started with your first song for your Song of the Soul. Which one would you care to share first? For many years, I always played Dreams of Life as my first song. So why don't we go with that one? This is a co-write with Paul Zola. We can do that. And why is this part of your Song of the Soul? 
That's a really good question, which I should have a really good answer to. And I, and I do. Let me see. It's one of my favorites. It paints a picture. I think that in it, we demonstrate that everybody is human and everybody deserves our compassion. And, you know, it's a story song and it goes through four or five stories, different stories about people. And everybody, I think, you know what I think about when I, when I think about this song is, I haven't thought about this song in a while. So thank you for asking me, Mark. I think about who wrote The Four Agreements, uh, Don Miguel Ruiz. And he talks about how we all have this bubble or this dream that we live in. I mean, reality, what is that, right? And then when somebody comes into your bubble and now you have a bubble, a total reality and a dream that is two people, and he articulated it better than me, Mark, but I, that's what I think of when I think of dreams of life. We all have our own reality, our own dream. We all create our own dream and we all live our own dream because we certainly don't live in a real world. <laughs> we live somewhat in a made-up world. And so to the extent that we can not control, but create our own reality and, and make it something important, something meaningful, something special, and yet live so differently from each other in such different worlds. Everybody's trying to do their best. Everybody, I think, you know, I respect that. That's what I think of with this song. The song, again, is Dreams of Life. Daryl Purpose is the creator of this song, conveying it to us today for Song of the Soul. Here is Dreams of Life. Gloria works at the house of pancakes In the town marine heart of the Leo She stashes her tips in a red coffee can Near a photograph of Galileo Galileo She dreams of the fountain of you Galileo Imprisoned for telling the truth She dreams of life with Galileo Hector had shotguns and ammunition In the trunk of his mother's Camaro Somehow he got sprung after 36 months Hard time at Tascadero Tascadero Waiting for the mystery train Tascadero Hanging with a criminal inside Dreams of life in Tascadero Senor Moon runs a victory lap In his cowboy hat and blue tuxedo Sand in his boots from the beach where he sleeps Just outside of Escondido Escondido City of slippery 
Los Escondido Shadowland Shattered hopes He dreams of life In Escondido You are so lucky that you tuned in today for Song of the Soul. Our guest today is Daryl Purpose. His song, Dreams of Life, as you see already, first song that we shared from him, it paints so many vivid colors, uh, many stories. And we see the, he's showing me on the video, the four agreements, (laughs) the way that we dream our life, the images, the reality that we make for ourselves and live into. It captures it so beautifully and simply and with such wonderful wordplay. Have you always been a wordplay person? That doesn't seem to jive completely with being a blackjack hero of the world. I'm really more of a numbers guy. And Paul Zolo, my co-writer, is to be credited for those words. He's an amazing writer. And it's been a real blessing to have him come into my life and for us to create songs together. The meaning that that song brings, how much of it is yours and how much of it is Paul's? If he wrote the lyrics, does that mean those things? Yeah, you could already point to the four agreements and say, yeah, it's manifested here. Did you have some seeding process here? 
Well, yeah, that's a, a, a reasonable question. And, you know, I think what happens is that any song that I choose to sing, I'm going to be into and understand the words, even if I didn't write the words. So partly I talked to Paul about the songs and what we're going for. And partly I dig into it and see if I'm comfortable, if I can deliver it. Because if I don't get it, you know, let's do another song. But if I, if I can get it and then thereby convey some sort of meaning to other people, that's the only way. That song was on your next time around release back in 2012. And I count something like eight releases, full scale releases, uh, albums, I guess we call them in the good old days, right. as opposed to <laughs> EPs and singles and everything else that people do these days. That's eight. I think I released eight. And that one was a comeback. I hadn't played the guitar in seven years. And I met Billy Crockett, and he was a producer. And I wanted to make an album with him. So I went down to Blue Rock Studios in Texas. And Well, shoot, let's go back to Colorado and uh, maybe race the wind. These songs are kind of in a random order in my head, so I'm picking them randomly. But let's, let's try Race the Wind. I wrote that for my good friend, Melody Fairchild, who is a legend in the Boulder area. She's arguably the greatest distance high school runner in U.S. history. She set records that have not been broken. And she's, I don't know how old she is exactly, but she's close to 50, maybe. She's in her late 40s. So she's really something. And I always told her, you know, I'm going to write a song about you. And the first line is going to be, they say you've won some races, but that's not the best thing about you. And the last line is going to be, they say you've won some races, but that's not the best thing about you. So this is one of my more proud moments in music to be able to capture her and have her love it and have her get that, uh, that it's about her. Because she's, talk about greatness. She's a great one. You know, she has this great big heart and, you know, she demonstrates it in, as an athlete, but more than that, as a person who cares and thinks about the important things. And has had a life of triumph and hardship, haven't we all? To one measure or another, we all have, but it's not everyone who comes out looking quite as beautiful and dealing with their hardships as Melody. She's the inspiration for Daryl Purpose's song, Race the Wind. They say you won some races That's not the best thing about you You'll take on any mountain Give no cause to doubt you Folks have expectations You hate to let them Put your best foot forward Take the higher ground When the need to show the world has abated And all the challengers have faded Time fills your heart 
taken from you You could not comprehend So you wrapped her spirit in you And it's guided you since then With passion, curiosity, kindness Now for the both of you This is my wish Time fills your hearts From the start With love and no regret May you race the Another beautiful song by Daryl Purpose. He wrote that song all by himself. <laughs> He's got some wonderful collaborators for making music that with or without them, it's beauty that he conveys through his music. It's from his recording, 2012. Next time around, it's called Race the Wind, and Melody is the inspiration for it. And again, it's a, such a beautiful song. Thank you, Mark. You've really warmed my heart. And I've started listening to the others of your songs, the ones that you're not going to be sharing today. And I haven't found a lemon yet. Oh, you're sweet. Thank you. No, I'm not sweet. I'm just straightforward. <laughs> I'm a straightforward Midwestern Quaker. What can you say? Uh, folks, I do want to remind you, you're listening to Song of the Soul. 
you probably want to connect with Daryl Purpose. Purpose is not a hard word to spell. You already know how to do that. Daryl has two R's in it, D-A-R-R-Y-L. The link is on northernspiritradio.org, along with links to all of our guests from the last 16 and a half years. You can find a place to share your own comments. Please do that when you visit. You can download, of course, the programs. You can capture us also on all the podcasts and everywhere else. You can... There's some 42 stations nationwide that carry our programs. You can hear us there. There's many, many ways. And in any case, follow the link from our site to Daryl. Also, please remember that those stations, those community radio stations where we're broadcast, are especially valuable to our nation because they provide a slice of news and music that comes from the community, not from the nationwide corporate sponsors. And so please remember to support them with your hands and your wallet. And if you've got some extra resources, you can also support Northern Spirit Radio. But mainly what I want you to do is dig deep into the music of Daryl Purpose, who's here with us today. He's living currently in Portland, Oregon, although he's moved around a bit. How much lower in altitude is Portland from what you were experiencing in Netherlands, Colorado? Well, I lived at 10,000. I'm sorry, not 10,000. I don't know where that came from. 8,400 feet. I lived in Colorado. And of course, I think I'm about 500 feet here at my house in Portland. And does it feel claustrophobic, too much air around you? No, not so much. You know, I, I kind of don't really notice the, ch- the difference that much. I don't. I always love to go. I say, when in doubt, go higher. You know, and I lived at 8,400 feet and I climbed you know, to 14,000 and higher. We went to, my daughter and I went to Kilimanjaro uh, a few years back and uh, we went very high, but I enjoy it. I enjoy the thin air. Colorado is also my experience of the greatest heights I've gone to. Right before I went in the Peace Corps, went to Africa in 77, I made a trip out there to visit a friend who was a geology person studying high in the mountains. So we went in a Honda Civic, my roommate Ed's Honda Civic. We went past Silverton, which I think is at 6,000 feet. And there's a road there that said four-wheel drive Jeeps only. And we're doing in this little Honda Civic. We're weaving around the rocks. The car was able to get us up to 11,000. We hiked up to 12,000 where Tom and friends were camped. And then I was able to hike up to 13,025 feet. And it was such an amazing experience. And then I went off to Africa two weeks later. It's church up there. (laughs) Yeah. Well, tell me about church, what that means to you. Did you grow up uh, religiously at all? Well, you know, I went to Catholic school, third through sixth grade. It kind of set me against, you know, religion and spirituality for some for some time after that. You know, so I've always had this uh, push-pull thing against the uh, dogmatic and religiousness of some, but toward the people that are searching for truth in a general way. And I landed on uh, Thich Nhat Hanh eventually, and I, I love so many things about what the Buddhists talk about, uh, loving kindness and, you know, but I don't, I can't really be put in a box that way. I found nature to really inspire me in that way. And part of moving up into the mountains was to just walk up there and see what it's all about. In fact, maybe this will set us up for you can walk up there. 
<laughs> well, let's go and do that. Yeah. So you'd like to share, you can walk up there. Tell us about that. Well, I had just moved into my house in the mountains and a neighbor was there and we were looking out at the Continental Divide. You can see the Continental Divide from my house. And we were looking out there. It just looked like, you know, I'm from Los Angeles. I grew up in Los Angeles, you know, and it just looked so Disneyland and almost fake. You know, it was so beautiful and so far away and so untouchable. And my neighbor turns to me and says, you know, you can walk up there. <laughs> And I was like, no way, no way. And then, but then I did, you know, and I, I, I walked up there the whole 16 and a half years I lived there. And as I said, it became my church to go up there. There's just nothing. You, were, you said you were at 13,000 feet once. You know, you stand up there and you look around, you're, you know, you're above the tree line and you're overlooking everything and you just think, wow, that's really something. So this song I also wrote myself and I think about my, my daughter when I sing it and I think about sitting the bar high <laughs> for myself and wishing that for other people and telling people that they can do it. You know, you can walk up there. You can walk up there. Water bottle in a couple of layers. You can walk up there. I'm just saying. You can reach the top reach the top though you're afraid of failing you can reach the top I'm just saying you have exactly what you need you can give it all away there is exactly enough time step to take you can walk up there I'm just saying you can make your way make through darkness too black to handle you can make your way light a candle you can bring it home Let yourself be cast on. You can bring it home with a GPS song. Turn it on. You have exactly what you need. You can't give it all away. There is exactly enough time to find the next best step to take. save your life but you find yourself in no man's land you can save your life take my hand take my hand
best step to take Cause you can walk up there I'm just saying You can save your life Take my hand You can make your way Light a candle You can love yourself Don't stop trying You can walk up there I'm just saying from the Cathedral Heights of the World, Daryl Purpose sings of the possibilities that are open to us and opening ourselves to possibility. I I hate to say things like that, by the way, Daryl, because I maybe I'm putting layers of meaning on your song that don't belong there. Feel free to contradict me at any time. You're doing just fine, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> Daryl Purpose is here with us for Song of the Soul. His website, DarylPurpose.com, Daryl is D-A-R-R-Y-L, DarylPurpose.com. Again, those cathedral heights, uh, I think there's a reason. You know, John Denver says, right, I climbed cathedral mountains, right? You know, I, I knew that song, and I liked that song, you know, as a youngster growing up in Los Angeles. And, you know, I've been mostly living in cement and around cement, you know, but I was jumping on my trampoline in Netherland, Colorado, looking at the Continental Divide. And that song came shuffling over my music and I heard it in a new way. And I thought, wow, wow, did he nail that song? Wow. I know the song has become a cliche and it's too bad, but often, you know, things become cliches because they are so right on you know they so hit the nail on the head i think that song did given the clear love the inspiration the depth of identity that you had with living there right on the continental divide what are you doing in portland good question and i will say this about that (laughs) (laughs) i was i will describe a few of the things that made it okay for me to leave one of the things is that i didn't really give it up I still have that. I still have those 16 and a half years. That's my relationship with time is such that I I did it. I have it and I will always have it. And perhaps if you need, uh, you know, if you're looking for the new big adventure, you need to let go of something. And yeah, I was just looking for the new big adventure. A new verse in the dreams of life. Perhaps. Let's dive into a bit more of your music. Uh, Again, folks, there are some eight albums out there, as well as individual releases that Gerald Purpose has done over the past several years as, as the modes of delivery of music have changed. So there's lots of music out there that you really do want to have a chance to expose yourself to. And you do that at DarylPurpose.com. I also have links to his Bandcamp site. And you can find him on YouTube. Lots of good places to connect with him. So what do you want to share next for your Song of the Soul? Why don't we go with When Buddha Smiled at the Elephant. That's a co-write with Paul Zolo. And we had started writing songs for this new album, Still the Birds. We had one lyric about a graveyard of gang members in East L.A. We had another lyric about 
the death of Edgar Allan Poe. And we had another lyric about a draft dodger in the Vietnam era who moved to Canada and then found a water tower and became a mass murderer. So <laughs> I said to Paul, I said, lighten it up, Paul, <laughs> give me something. And he says, well, tell me something, you know, and I, I started telling him about these retreats at the Rocky Mountain uh, National Park with Kik Nhat Hanh. So he was inspired to write this lyric of this uh, perhaps apocryphal but moving story when uh, Buddha tamed the elephant, the raging elephant. And this song has been picked up by the nuns and monks of Thich Nhat Hanh and taken all around the world by them. And the song is When Buddha Smiled at the Elephant. It's from Daryl Purpose's 2016 recording, Still the Birds. Let's have a trip with Buddha. Morning in blue forest Wars dark aftermath Bones of beasts and humans Down the cypress path An elephant came charging New moon on the rise Full of crazy anger Fire in her eyes She was drunk with sorrow Water laced with wine Crashing trees and temples down All along the line Her great feet shook like thunder Lightning in her gaze Every second stretched to a thousand days And the whole wide world Was singing of man and war and art smiled at the elephant with his heart But Buddha was a gentle rain fell over the land He held the mighty elephant like a lotus in his hand The elephant stood frozen like she had turned to stone Such a force of kindness Beast had never known So she swept away the dust From her master's feet As Buddha beamed with loving kindness Down the broken street Her giant tears came falling Down like crystal rain When the Buddha came To wash away her pain the whole wide world singing of man and war and art When Buddha smiled at the elephant with his heart Take alms for the poor 
came to tame an elephant with love instead of war. Miracle of true love, like a constellation shown. Such a force of kindness the world had never known. And the whole wide world was singing of man and war and art. When Buddha smiled at the elephant with his heart. And the whole wide world was singing of man and war and art. When Buddha smiled at the The happy confluence of our guest for today's Song of the Soul, Daryl Purpose, with Paul Zolo, created that wonderful song, When Buddha Smiled at the Elephant. And I guess it deserves to be noted that in 2004-2006, when you moved to Colorado, that's also something that led you in the direction of meditation? Well, I've been uh, following that path or trying to follow that path for decades. But yeah, I think that Colorado helped me go there and uh, Thich Nhat Hanh helped me go there. A church up at 14,000 feet, that helped me go there. And now I've, for a few years now, I've had a, a very steady practice uh, and I've been able to move some of the stuff that has happened in meditation into my daily life. And I think that's a really good thing. What do you mean by moving into your daily life? I have some ideas, but I'm just curious what you're meaning. You bring that stillness and that calm and that sort of stoic philosophy that I connect very closely to mindfulness and and meditation. Bring that into your life. You know, accept the things, you know, like the prayer, the AA prayer, accept the things you cannot change, change the things you can and understand the difference. I was also raised Catholic. I don't know if you were raised Catholic. I, I didn't actually go to Catholic school, but I had a good experience of it. I think in part because I have very little shame in me. The shame buttons just aren't there to be pushed. And so a lot of the problems I thought people had with Catholicism was shame. By the time I was in my teens, I realized the theology did not match for me for sure. Role of women, etc. certainly. And this whole hierarchy thing. Patriarchy. Yeah, patriarchy. Well, hierarchy of any sort, I think, is a problem for me. And patriarchy, as it deals with women. What issues did you have specifically? I mean, when you say you don't want to be in a box, that's almost a 1960s cliche. Is it? Yeah, almost. My experience was I didn't like how they passed the basket at the Mass. Did not like how everything was about give us something. Also, I didn't like how strict they were in terms of expecting kids to behave an exact way, a certain way. And I just, I kind of, you know, they preached, you know, it's, it's the Jesus thing. You know, Jesus was an amazing, right, something, <laughs> right? You know, okay. the, the stuff about love and the stuff about forgiveness, it's all good. But, you know, it's taken many different people and organizations take it many different ways. And they can use it as a cudgel sure, or a pick to shape you into the statue that they want, as opposed to trusting your all in, own indwelling connection to that bigger thing. Yeah, I understand the issues with it. 
They just didn't bother me because of the way that my innards work. I can let them be who they are and not worry about it. When Buddha Smiled at the Elephant is from the album Still the Birds. And still the birds could be read two different ways. And you're talking about finding stillness, bringing that into your life. Is it that kind of still or is it a different kind of still? I think it needs multiple things. But, you know, the lyrics are still the birds. You know, all this, we build these cities and there's such chaos and unhappiness and all this stuff, all this stuff swirling around down here on the ground and still the birds are flying up there just like they were. Yeah. It's wonderful they have a better vantage point than we do often. <laughs> we get too close to our toes. Right. <laughs> too close to our toes. <laughs> I like that. I think we've got time for one last song. How do you want to conclude your song of the soul? This is a Dave Carter song, and this song is arguably the best song ever written. I understand why you say that. It was first shared on Song of the Soul by someone else long ago. I had Tracy Grammer, who was performing all those years with Dave Carter, I guess up until he died. So I had her on the show, so I got to share it then. When did you connect with Gentle Arms of Eden? Well, I met Dave and Tracy at the Sisters Folk Festival. I was in the song contest, and uh, Dave was the judge because he had won it the year before. And so when I won, you know, I thought he had pretty good taste. And <laughs> we became fast friends. <laughs> but they hadn't actually toured. Dave had just met Tracy, and they hadn't actually toured. And I was like an experienced, you know, I was, I'd been touring for six months at that point. And so I was like the experienced one. And I was like, Dave, you know, come with me. You know, I was just blown away by uh, his songs. And I said, come with me, you know, you can come on my tour. And, and he, he says, can I bring this gal I just met? <laughs> I'm like, sure. So I took Dave and Tracy on their first tour. So I experienced their uh, rocketing through the folk world up close. What year was that that you met them, that you won the sisters? 97. Maybe. Could have been 96, but I don't know. Yeah. You correctly identify Gentle Arms of Eden as one of the great songs. Does the theology in it in any way speak to you? The spirituality of it speaks to me. Theology, I'm not sure, you know, because I don't think there's anything about, you know, there's nothing about the standard God, I don't think. But uh, yeah, what does the Gentle Arms of Eden mean? I don't know. You know, it's funny, Mark. I don't think I've ever torn the song apart. I think the song just hits you. And I should have analyzed that chorus perhaps word by word, but I didn't because the song just lifts me up and takes me somewhere. And that's all I need from it. It tells the story of life on earth in four verses. And as a songwriter, I can't help but notice that and, and go, wow. But the great thing about that song for me is that I don't have to think about it too much. I just let it wash over me. Even when I sing it, I just let it wash through me, maybe. And it's just so evocative. And I, I, I loved the story. I don't, I don't know if Tracy tells it when she plays it live, but, you know, they may have told it. I don't know. I don't know if they told this to me or that they told, would say it live when they played it. But the story of Dave writing it in his sleep and getting up and spelling it out, and then they went to a farmer's market and played it there. But the story that really gets me is uh, the Live Oak Festival down in California, when the song was super fresh. 
And you know how festival audiences are sometimes, you know, they got blankets out and, you know, as an artist, you have to not take it personally when everybody, you know, maybe politely applauds at the end of the song. You know, they're not necessarily all dramatic and such. And yet they started playing this song when it was super fresh. And in the middle of a chorus, they got a standing ovation, like in the middle of the song, which is, yeah, there was something. I don't think those people knew what they were plotting. I don't, this is my home. This is my only home. This is the only sacred ground that I've ever known. Rock me goddess in the gentle arms of Eden. And to recapitulate evolution in four verses like that so beautifully, it has integrity in terms of what it's describing, and it has depth of spirit in it as well. And that's not a mixture you get often. And your delivery of it is so beautiful too. Thank you. And it's crafted, but you don't think about that. Mm -hmm. You don't think about the craft. When you hear it, look at it later and be amazed, but you don't think about it when you're listening to it. Well, we're going to play it in a moment. I just want to thank you so much, Daryl, for being here, for bringing your passion through music as your fingers dance over the guitar strings. I can't help but believe that this world is a better place. So whether it's in the stillness of meditation or in the delight of your guitar and the rendering of your voice. You say you don't sing, but I don't believe you. Uh, I'm sorry, that's one place where you're not completely honest. And it's, it's so beautiful to be able to share your music with all of our listeners here today for Song and Soul. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you, Mark. And again, we're finishing with Gentle Arms of Eden, Daryl Purpose, his website, D-A-R-R-Y-L, P-U-R-P-O-S-E, DarylPurpose.com, links on NordenSpiritRadio.org. We'll see you next week for Song of the Soul. Right now, let's all rest in the gentle arms of Eden. On a sleepy endless ocean, the world lay in a dream. There was rhythm in the splash and roll, not a voice to sing. So the moon fell on the breakers, Morning warmed the waves Till a single salad jumping home Joy is all to say This is my home This is my only home This is the only sacred ground That I have ever known Should I stray In the dark night alone Rock me goddess in the gentle arms of Eden and the day shone bright and rounder Till the one turned into two And the two into ten thousand things And old things into new Then on some virgin beach had One lonesome critter crawl And he looked about and shouted out In his most astonished drawl This is my home This is my only home This is the only sacred ground should I stray in the dark night alone? Rock me, goddess, in the gentle arms of Eden. And all the sky was buzzing. Carpet green, and the weary chill.
rejoicing while the fields were glad with grain. This song of celebration from their cities on the plains is my home. The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it is called Song of the Soul. Check out all things Song of the Soul on northernspiritradio.org, guests, links, stations, and a place for your feedback, suggestions, and support. Send your Songs of the Soul to me, Mark Helps Meet, via the info on our website, and join us weekly for Song of the Soul.